This episode of Adventures in Aurelia is brought to you by Gabe and Jeff from Inner Party Conflict, Fred on Fire, Avora Dawn, Powerful Condor, Moto Ghoul, and Polka Dancer on Patreon. You can join them in supporting the show at patreon.com slash adventures in Aurelia. Hello and welcome to Adventures in Aurelia, a podcast where five friends sit around the table and record themselves playing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm Chris, I play Rim, a human paladin. I'm Krista, and I play Ariel, who's an Asmar, divine soul sorceress. I'm Chantel, and I play Kanina, a tiefling sorcerer. I'm Caitlin, I play Tempest, a water genasi ranger. And I'm Damien, and I play everybody else. I'm SP from the Starling Tribune, a show about the CW television show Arrow, part of the Guinea Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other action-packed geeky shows at GuinnaGeekNetwork.com. Previously on Adventures in Aurelia. The whole party was shaken after Ariel was attacked by a shade in her sleep. Realizing that a new threat seems to be after them and the ship is not as safe as they expected it to be, they chose to set up watches for the rest of the journey. Ariel called everyone together for a meeting and told them that she thinks it is best if she stays in the room with the spear in case something were to happen again. Kanina took this opportunity to tell the party about her recent dream with Doiton and prod the rest of the party to share any strange dreams that they may be having as well. So we are picking things up today on the 7th of Mononon in the early to mid afternoon. And we'll pick things up pretty much right after the party had their large meeting where Kanina essentially laid all the cards out on the table. Although weather outside today is a pretty nice sunny day. Um, there's some high clouds in the sky, but in U.S. terms, it's probably upper 60s, lower 70s out on the water. The sea has been very calm for you guys so far. And the iron cask itself generally rides very smoothly through the water because it is a heavy ship that is driven by a coal engine that cuts through the water more than goes over the top of it, like the larger sail ships that you guys are used to. How much uh, days do we have left on the ship, basically, until we hit Riven? I know we just left. Um, you guys believe the trip is going to take about five to six days. Um, the goal is to return to Riven by the 12th of Mononon. And depending on how things are in time, you guys could arrive sooner. In fact, who wants to give me a flat d20 for the day? I will. That is a six. So, knowing approximately when we'd get back around the uh, 12th of Mononon, I suppose Tanina will speak up and just be like, well, I have no problem staring with uh, Ariel the first day. Um, if we want, since today's already halfway past. I can stay with her today and through tomorrow, and then we can switch off the next day to whichever one of you wants to volunteer next. She'll look to uh, Tempest and Rem. I'll go ahead and take next. That'll give Rem some time for fishing. Yeah. You got a nice new uh, fishing set, didn't you, Rem? <laughs> yeah. You'll have to <laughs> engage us with some stories of your awesome fishing. <laughs> Keep us entertained here and there. Some of us wouldn't be there to stop you from getting a seahorse. And she's going to look at Tempest. Tempest just glares. 
So if Kenina's going to be kind of staying with Ariel, what do Rem and Tempest want to do with the rest of your day? Or the following day on the 8th? We are trying to kind of move this journey along a little bit more since you guys have already experienced the full brunt of a journey between Riven and Port Norsal once before. Rim will, like, gather the, the tackle box and rod that he was given and head on deck. And he'll talk to some of the other sailors because, you know, he's not an experienced fisherman, so maybe some of them are. So Rem heads out, like, in the afternoon to uh, pull out your tackle box and fish. Try it. See if he can catch anything. You know, he's not expecting anything. All right. Go ahead and roll me a dexterity check. 23, not 20. Uh, So Rem goes out. Uh, Would you go to the front or the, like, middle of the ship? Probably just the middle. Go over the sidewalk. All right. So Rem goes to the middle of the ship with his new fishing pole and uh, tackle box. Casts over the side. And today you're actually having a really good day fishing. Throughout the course of the day... Uh, you managed to pull up four large salmon, talking in the like eight to 12 pound range on them. Nice. And as you're fighting like your second fish, a man walks up to you and is just like, ah, you fancy yourself a fisherman? Uh, not really. Not just really. I've already seen you pull up two nice ones. Just, just starting to get into it. You must be beginner's luck then. You seem to be taking it quite naturally. Apparently, is this is the first time I've gotten this. I, last time I got a seahorse. Yeah, a, a seahorse. Yeah, big one. A big, a big seahorse. Yeah. I mean, I could see that being newness, but that's also quite skillful to be able to pull up a seahorse like that. Well, I, I used a, a spear thingy for the water. Oh, a harpoon. Yeah, yeah, I threw one of those into it. I mean, if you could throw a harpoon, then that's a different sort of skill, but quite skillful. Do you know how to clean these? Uh, not really. Uh, would you like uh, an instruction, or do you want me to just take them and have it passed on? Uh, sure, if you, if you don't mind showing me. I mean, that way in the future I can do it myself. All right, uh, he goes over to one of the deck storage cabins, opens it up, and uh, brings back to you a wooden trough that uh, is used for cleaning fish, along with a pretty well-kept knife. And he slaps this trough up on the side of the boat and uh, puts one of the fish in and shows you how to clean your fish. Uh, do you think you're ready for the next one? Do you want to give it a try on your own? Uh, sure, I'll, I'll try it out. All right, um, this time go ahead and roll a dexterity check, but add an extra plus one. Seven. Oh, no. <laughs> you throw the fish on. You're having a hard time getting it to seat quite the same way that this guy had just shown you. You go to cut it open and start cleaning it out, and you're kind of struggling with how slippery the scales are. Your cut's not very clean as you finish. Like, you say that you're done cleaning it out, and he takes a look at your work and goes, oh, uh, you gotta make sure that you hit this on the next one, and he kind of walks through cleaning the rest of it out. Tempest, is there anything that you wish to accomplish today? Um, I think since it's not my day to be with Ariel yet, I would just spend time above deck, just milling about, enjoying being on a boat, but not being put to work. 
Also, because it is a powered boat. There's not much for you to criticize. There isn't any rigging. (laughs) At some point, as you're walking around the ship and you're up at the bow of the ship, just kind of watching the land go by a few miles off to the side of the ship, you hear behind you, Ah, so you come out for some fresh air. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, you know, you can only stand being below decks for so long. Below deck, the cabin's right there. It's still enclosed. Yeah, but it's above deck. It's just in a in a box. Technicalities. Uh, yes. I'm sure that uh, the ones that actually spend time below deck would give you the same amount of shit. <laughs> I spent a lot of time below deck. Thank you. Really? Doing what? I've spent my fair share of time working on a sailing ship. You have, have you? Yes. Oh, you, your friend that you came with, uh, Nina, she spent some time on this ship. Uh, what, what ship did you run with? Uh, it was a, a, a three-masted sailing vessel named the Whispering Winds. You may have seen it. Oh, the Whispering Winds. Uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, um, finds... Seeks. Um, Seek. uh, looks. Seeks. Looks for... Seeks, but not found. Seeks, but not found. There we go. That's the name of the captain there. We just call her Captain Seeks. She's a tabaxi, isn't she? Yes. <laughs> it's interesting. Blue people in tabaxis. So You're how are a dwarf. <laughs> yeah, and I'm on a dwarven ship. Is the Whispering Winds a cat ship? No, we have all sorts. Like you said before, you also had Nina. Nina was, uh... She's red. She's a tiefling. <laughs> Nina was, uh, was special. Uh, she was supposed to pay us to take her to Riven. <laughs> but instead, uh, she was doing such a good job helping out, and the crew loved having her on board. That we just ended up taking her there, and since she helped out so much. So you're saying she owes you money? <laughs> no, no, her debt's paid, and she did pay for this trip. <laughs> so, uh, how how were things this afternoon? Better. That's good. No, uh, no vengeful spirits. Uh, nothing, nothing we've seen so far. Good, good. You know, I'm going to be worried about that the entire time you guys are on this ship now. Well, Ariel's decided to just sort of stay put in the cabin. We're going to take turns keeping an eye on her. Oh, you know, that's a shame. But at the same time, that's probably a good idea. Yeah, she doesn't want to risk, you know, anything getting out or we don't want to risk anything getting in. But you're out here. Must not be too serious, right? Nina's in there with her right now. Oh, Nina should be down there cooking. We went and visited the galley earlier, and she offered some help. Ah, uh, so she's already caught up with Ziggle. That's good. Yes, that was her name. <laughs> and as the conversation dies down, Thorstag kind of turns on a heel and starts walking back between the two cabins and turns over his shoulder and just says, uh, if you need anything, just come and knock on the captain's door or go find somebody. But I, I have a little bit of a rapport with you now, I'd like to think. Just walks away. Mm, see you around. As uh, Rem and Tempest are out kind of exploring the rest of the Iron Cask, what's the mood and everything like with Ariel and Kanina inside the cabin room that you guys are staying in? Uh, 
Um, well, I think Ariel's still kind of stressed out and has anxiety, but... I think tensions are still high. The mood's probably a little more somber still because, you know, we did just go through something very traumatic. I think after the, we've already, like, done a little bit of chit-chatting about dreams and other stuff, you know, just rediscussing again between the two of us more personal, Ariel will probably be like, hey, can I teach you a game just to pass the time that I learned at the monastery? Oh, sure. Yeah, I love games. Do we get to run around and, like, throw something around? Uh, no, we're stuck in this room. Uh, it's more of a paper game. Oh, yeah, that sounds fun. I definitely like being a little more active with my games, but I do I do like games in general, so I'd be willing to learn. Well, maybe after this, uh, if you win, you could teach me a game you know. Sure. <laughs> I think despite the summer mood, and Kanina's still a little uh, antsy because she didn't get to do her morning exercise, so she's probably has a little bit more pent-up energy. <laughs> But uh, yeah, she's willing to learn and she, she wants to be there for Ariel first and foremost because she does know that you're still quite shaken up and she knows everybody else is a little uh, down and out more or less too. So she, she wants to help do what she can, especially since you're probably one of the longest time close members of her crew that we've actually gotten relatively closer than say, you know, even Kanina and Rem. All right. And she's going to do that dot game where, you know, you have to like put the lines and try to make squares. So she's going to start like dotting the paper to prep for the game. And she's going to explain how to play and stuff. And I just figured that this kind of would help us pass time and maybe take my mind off things for just a little bit. Ariel, go ahead and uh, roll a d20 with advantage and Kanina roll a d20. Because of advantage, I got a 13. <laughs> I think uh, Kanina's having a streak of beginner's luck because she got an 18. Nice. Well, you win. <laughs> uh, two out of three? <laughs> or is it something you wanted to do next? I think Kanina will uh, say, oh, we'll try this again, but I want to show you something I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think she'll uh, probably do something like a hacky sack type thing, you know? Oh, or no. <laughs> <laughs> Make a rudimentary one, <laughs> stuff like a little pouch with like some loose stones or some such. I'm sure <laughs> between the two of us, we have stuff to make a hacky sack. She'll, she'll make something and just kind of just show you on like, we'll see how long you can go without dropping it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Ariel, go ahead and roll uh, an athletics or acrobatics with disadvantage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my acrobatics is better than my athletics. Well, I rolled a one, so I guess I don't have to roll again. <laughs> you toss it up in the air and try to try to get it just flat on the ground. <laughs> I never really learned sports things. Is there a window? Do you have a porthole? Um, there is a uh, like porthole on the side of your guys's room. It does have a like hinged plate that folds up over it and was folded up because until you guys had gotten in here, no one was in this room. I imagine that was one of the first things we did is open that so we get a little bit of fresh air and see something other than the room. Yeah, especially since the, the day is supposedly uh, pretty clear and calm outside. I'm sure we might have gotten a peek as the others were leaving. And I'm sure like as it hits afternoon, late afternoon, it's probably getting a little warm in there. And I'm thinking that especially because this is on the, the main deck of the ship, the way that this is designed, there's no glass in this window. It's probably a eight inch or so opening so this plate that folds up over it is to seal the room oh, so it's very much going to be either open or closed <laughs> letting in fresh air and light and it's eight inches around so it's big enough that you could put your face up to it and take a look outside I imagine we'll while away the afternoon trading games that we've learned when we were younger and anything we might have learned as we grew older and try to console each other with some camaraderie 
Rem, what do you do with the fish that you've managed to catch? Uh, I'd give them to Ziggle. I'd apologize for the butchered fillets that I have created. Okay, so you carry them down to Ziggle yourself? Yeah. Apologizing for the fillets, would Rem have gone through all the work of filleting them as well? Or just well, no, I just meant like how badly he butchered. So you kind of walk down below deck carrying the four salmon that you caught, like two in each hand, fingers through the gills, carrying them down to where the cook station is, where you find a much older, pretty short uh, female dwarf with braided and kept tidied white hair. It turns around just like, uh, uh, hello, uh, who are you? I'm Rim. Okay, uh, who's Rem? Me. Where did you come from? I'm with the group staying in the forward cabins. Oh, you're one of Nina's friends. Yeah, let's go with that. Wonderful. Uh, is this for, for, uh, for Ziggle? Who's Ziggle? Me. Okay, yeah. The cook, the chef. Yes, this is, this is for you. This is my place. (laughs) Very, very lovely. It's like a probably four by seven room, most of which is taken up by a range sink and a little like chopping area. It's like, oh, these are nice ones. You you got these ones yourself? Yeah, I uh, I tried to do a little of the, the cleaning work. I'm not very good at it. She takes one off your hands, looks at it, goes, I can tell you tried though. Yeah, I'm learning. <laughs> you know, uh, that's something I like about Nina. She's always willing to try things. Yes. Yes, she is. Are you going to be fishing some more? Uh, Probably if I have some spare time, I'll see if anything. Okay, it's a little late to do this today, but I'm going to get this all prepped and everything. And tomorrow, tomorrow we're going to have some salmon. All right. She, like, takes all of them, dumps them into a sink, and before you've even left, pulls one of them out, grabs a knife, and starts fixing the job that you've done cleaning, as well as starts to fillet them out the rest of the way. Rimmel, leave it in her capable hands and head back up, stopping along the way at a bucket to wash his hands. Okay, yeah, there'd be a little sink out in the area outside of the cook station. The ship doesn't have enough room to have a proper, like, mess hall on it. So it has a room where everyone can, like, grab plates, silverware, and get prepped and everything. And you kind of wrap things up with this, and we're going to start transitioning over to night on the 7th. So as we make our way to night on the 7th of Mononon, how does the party wish to handle their second night aboard the Iron Cask? So Kanina and Ariel will be in their room. They've been secluding themselves for all of the afternoon, and uh, we'll look forward to meeting with Rem and Tempest if they decide to head our way to the room. I suppose that's that's important to clear up. Uh, do Rem and Tempest go back to the room that Ariel and Kanina are in, or do they go to the other now empty room? I I think I would be heading towards the room with Kanina and Ariel. Seeing you guys um, enter the room, uh, she'll be, oh, uh, hey guys. So do we want to do watches again tonight? Uh, Probably should. Yeah, I'm going to sleep in here on the floor. Probably. We can have someone else. I don't mind sleeping on the floor again. I'm used to do it all the time. What did you guys do? I'm curious to know what happened today. <laughs> Not much. Did you fish? 
Yes. I yes, saw I you did. grab your stuff. You did? Did you catch? What did you catch? Did you catch? Fish. <laughs> How many fish? Uh, four. Were they big? What's big? Were they like this big? Like, like eight inches? Were they like? <laughs> I mean, like, are you talking whales? Or are you talking? Well, I'd be pretty impressed if you were able to pull a whale aboard. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what fish you guys. Well, do. did you catch a whale? Tempest is just glaring. <laughs> <laughs> she knows what kind of fish it is. Probably it's big fish. Do I know what kind of fish it was? Did I even see what kind of fish it was? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> but you would know what kind of fish it was. If I saw it, what did it look like? Uh, kind of silvery colored, had fins, uh, those flappy things that it breathes with, uh, <laughs> had a kind of hooky shaped mouth. A hook shaped mouth? Yeah, you know, like, like, a, like a bird's beak. Oh, so like a salmon? <laughs> uh, yeah, let's go with that. Nina will congratulate Rem on his uh, catch of these uh, mystery fish that Tempest identified. <laughs> yeah, the, the what, what's her name? Ziggurat or whatever. Nina will look at Rem and she'll kind of perk up and just be like, oh, you met Ziggle. Isn't she great? Uh, I yeah, love her. She, she was very nice. She said she's going to be cooking that for tomorrow's meal. Ah, that makes sense. Too bad I couldn't stop in and help her, but I, I did volunteer for tomorrow's shift, so I'll make sure to uh, stop in and say hi to her the day after. But um, as far as tonight, um, I actually wouldn't mind getting a little bit of sleep, so if someone else can take first watch. I can take first watch and just write in my journal or draw or I don't know, something. I thought the whole idea was you're not alone. I can stay up with somebody then. I'd rather not get woken up by screaming, so I'll stay up with you. <laughs> Nina would just be like, yeah, that sounds great. And then after I'd taken a little nap, I wouldn't mind taking second watch. I can take the last watch again. So the first watch was Ariel and Tempest. Yeah. Who wants to go ahead and roll a d20 for your watch? I can. 19. <laughs> I think while uh, Tempest and I are hanging out. Uh, hey, Tempest. Yes. Hey, tomorrow will you um, go say hi to Princess and No Name? It's kind of bugging me that I can't go. Tomorrow I'm supposed to be in here with you. No, I think Nina no. was going to as well. When Rem was talking about the salmon being used for dinner tomorrow, Nina mentioned that she'd like to... I kind of felt bad when she said it, but she mentioned that she was going to stay here again. Oh, okay. So I guess she meant like a full day with you. I don't know, but I figure at least if you uh, do end up going out tomorrow, if you could just stop and check on our horses. Of course. Aren't they like right outside? I don't know. I'm just not leaving the room. And then she's going to like quietly grab some carrots out of her bag that are probably not the best at this point. Will, will you see if, I don't know if they want these because they're not fresh anymore, but maybe offer them. And then if they don't want them, I might just see if Nina can bring them to the kitchen. And if they want them, they can. <laughs> yeah, of course. Maybe I could even see if their leads are long enough that they could come up to the door. <laughs> that would be fun. Being on a on, on this ship with a bunch of ship people, I don't know if they would even take care of our horses. I think they probably expect us to do that. And I don't know if they got fed today. Tempest, go ahead and roll a perception check. 13. Uh, you don't recall having seen anyone pay much mind to the horses while you were out on deck today. At most, they kind of just nudged them to the side as they walked through. How late is it? <laughs> yeah, we're at watches, so it's like 10 or 11 p.m. <laughs> Tempest is going to stand up. She'll be like, actually, why don't I go give them to him right now? <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> I will go and give the horses some carrot. So uh, Tempest opens up the room and walks out into the like hallway that goes in between both rooms to the front of the ship. And <laughs> since it's late at night and the door opened, both horses that had been laying down sort of in the bow of the ship lift up their heads and look in your direction. Because the lighting is behind you and and off to the sides of them, it's kind of a, a dim void with some horse-shaped shadows, and you just see the, the eye shine. They're only about 10 feet away from you. I didn't do very well at this last time. <laughs> so she's going to try and remember how Ariel showed her how to hold the carrot. <laughs> But also not so far down that it just rolls off. Maybe maybe lengthwise so that it's not gonna off the, the hand and she'll walk up like, hi, princess. Go ahead and roll an animal handling check. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a decent animal handling score. 16. Seeing you lay this carrot across your hand, no name perks their head up. So does Princess. And they look at you. You see them blink. You hold this carrot out to them. And Princess uses their lips to gently pick it up. Good horsey. He's so gentle. I pet him on the schnoz. No Name gets some carrot too. You pivot over to No Name. Place another carrot across your hand and hold it out to No Name. That like nudges it with their nose first. And, like, slowly wraps their lips around it and pulls it off your uh, hand. Bits of carrots fall and hit the deck in front of you. Give No Name a pat on the nose, too. No Name puts their nose down on the deck and starts mopping up the carrot pieces with their (laughs) lips. All right. Good night, guys. And nuzzles into your hand when you pet them. Tomorrow we'll, we'll figure out some more food for you. And then pats them on the schnoz and then goes back into the room. Because I don't want to leave Ariel alone for too long. (laughs) So, uh, after maybe a minute or so, Tempest walks back into the room with Ariel, who had been left alone. All good in here? Everything seems fine. Yeah. Is everyone still breathing? Can I roll a perception? She's murmured a few times. (laughs) Sure. Go ahead and roll perception. 25. Uh, everyone does appear to still be breathing. Okay, that was for, <laughs> is everything okay? Not just, is everyone still breathing? <laughs> everything appears to be okay. It seems like things are as they were when you left. Okay. I will settle back down on the bed, you know, in a comfortable seated position to stay awake for the rest of my watch. Um, it was Kanina next, right? Yes. Wait. I want to teach Tempest the dot game that I did in the dark. I mean, or are your eyes turned on? <laughs> I can see in the dark. <laughs> I think it was like, you try teaching me and I'm just like, I can't see where the day I'm right now. <laughs> we will learn later. <laughs> I'll tell Tempest about the game Nina and I played. That's one of our conversations. And then she tried to teach me something called hacky slack. <laughs> <laughs> so it gets to be around midnight-ish. And at least as you guys had discussed earlier, it would be Kanina's watch up next. 
And was Ariel also just going to go to sleep too? Or is Ariel planning to just stay awake for the next five days? She can stay awake. I mean, unless I roll that she's falling asleep because she can't keep her eyes open because she could nap during the day when everybody's awake. I, I do imagine since it's, it is the very beginning, like right after the night you'd gotten attacked, yeah. you might still be on edge. I don't think she would want to sleep. I imagine as days go on and nothing happens, you might be more relaxed enough to sleep. But for this first night, yeah. Yeah. We wake up, Nina. Nina. Hmm? Yeah. Uh, Nina. What? Yeah. My, my watch? It's time for you to get up now. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to get some sleep. Have a good sleep. Nina will look around. Doesn't seem like anything's wrong, I'm guessing. There's no urgency in being woken up. Nope, it seems like any other normal change of watch. Go ahead and roll me a uh, flat D20 for your watch. So Tempest trades off with Kanina and falls asleep. And Kanina takes over watch with Ariel, who has decided to stay awake. I think Kanina will actually express some concern in her staying awake. And she'll, she'll look at Ariel and just be like, are you not going to get some sleep? You shouldn't stay up like all night. That's not good for you. Um, I, I'm not going to be able to sleep. And I figure if I do need to sleep, I can sleep in the daytime when you guys are all awake. Yeah, I guess that's not a bad idea. Just don't strain yourself too much, okay? Well, I'll fall asleep if I fall asleep. With that, Kanina will continue her watch. So as Kanina and Ariel sit there, exchanging a little bit of small talk when it makes sense, and occasionally hearing the sound of someone walking outside the uh, room up the pathway to the bow of the ship and then walking back towards the back, things go by seemingly uneventful. Did you guys leave the the porthole open overnight? I, I imagine we'd probably end up closing it just for extra security's sake, because nobody saw how this creature may have appeared or entered or anything. It was just all of a sudden there attacking. So we'd probably take no chances and close any obvious exits and entrances. Okay. A few hours go by, and it's starting to feel like Kanina has been up long enough for her person. For her portion of the watch. <laughs> For uh, Kanina's watch, she'll just be keeping her eyes wandering between the darkened shadows of the room and the silken wrapped spear. And her eyes will occasionally flick to Ariel just to check how she's doing. I bet she's probably journaling or some such. Yeah, with her staff next to her. Go ahead and roll perception. 11. Um, do you have dark vision? Yes. You guys are probably keeping the room itself actually dark then. Yeah, for our our particular uh, duo, I don't believe we need any additional lighting. So with the room being kept dark, Kinina is panning around looking. It's interesting because since you are keeping the whole room dark, there's no discernible shadows because it's complete darkness. So it becomes a single monochrome dim view of the area around you. And you keep looking to see if, because it would stand out, suddenly you see a shadow appear in this room and your eyes wander around, finding the end of the spear, following up the silk-wrapped shape. And you stare at it for a few moments. Nothing of note seems to happen. Nina will continue on until it is time to awaken Rem. She's doing her best, you know, to not speak too loud or disturb the others because everyone deserves the rest. All right. So Kanina will go ahead and uh, awaken Rem, gently hand on the shoulder. Rem will awaken very easily. You've been asleep for five or six hours at this point. She'll be like, uh, yeah, nothing unusual to report. Is uh, Ariel still awake? Go ahead and uh, roll perception. It's dark in here, I'm a 
I suppose on that note, since we kind of do know some of our people can't see as well, I do think Kanina would probably take some time to light up, at least a dim light for Rem, as we're changing shifts. 16. As Kanina wakes you up and you guys exchange a few words, you notice from the other end of this room a faint scratching. Sounds like the tip of a quill being constantly drug against a piece of parchment. I'm just going to dig in his backpack for a second and come out with a lantern, which he's then going to light. Okay. Lantern of revealing. I remember this lantern. i put it in the corner of the room to cast light across the room. Go ahead and roll perception. 22. Especially having light fill the room. A dim light, but still a light nonetheless, kind of filling the space. With the hood of the lantern kept pretty low, you see that on the other end of the room, where you had heard the scratching, is Ariel sitting in your bed or propped up against the bed? Probably sitting on the floor, because I said that I would sleep on the floor, so she'd just probably be propped up against a wall or a bed or whatever's in there. Sitting on the other end on the floor, propped up against the wall, is Ariel, who is still awake, with a journal spread open in her lap, writing in it. Bottle of ink sitting on the floor next to her. And do you have to activate the lantern? Lantern of Revealing. When lit, this hooded lantern burns for six hours on one pint of oil, shedding bright light in a 30-foot radius and dim light for an additional 30 feet. Invisible creatures and objects are visible as long as they are in the lantern's bright light. You can use any action to lower the hood, reducing the light to dim light in a five-foot radius. Okay, are you going to keep it dim? So when I lit it, I'll have it all the way open and kind of give it a once-over of the room. But if I don't see anything, I'll (laughs) lower it down to dim. On your initial pan, that's as you see Ariel riding away and giving a, a relatively quick glance around. You don't see anything that stands out as being out of place. No like it's something that wasn't visible that you have revealed with the lantern. Having panned through the room, when good once over, he'll lower the hood down to a dim light within five feet. So that should cover most of the room and he can kind of see. Especially since you're stationary too, I am fine with running with you being able to find a good light level for the area you're in to just fill it with a dim light because if it's a hooded lantern i don't see why there's a reason you couldn't find somewhere between very bright and only a five foot dimly lit area since you have the time and the stability to kind of set it up properly so you're able to get it to fill the whole cabin with dim light Uh, Go ahead and roll me a d20 for your watch. 11. Similar to the night before, as you had been taking watch, you hear the sounds of footsteps every probably 15, 30 minutes or so. Walking up to the bow, they hang out up there for a few minutes and then they walk back and they make no attempt to like stop outside of your room or anything. As you listen outside, occasionally you'll hear a little huff from the horses, especially as whatever you're hearing walking outside passes by them. After a few hours of your watch, it sounds like the footsteps become more frequent and occasionally it's two people. And over the next couple hours, you start hearing what sounds like more and more people outside, still maintaining a sense of quiet. They are not being loud and rambunctious yet, but you can tell that the iron cask is starting to wake up as we hit about six o'clock on the eighth 
of Mononon. Ariel, roll me a constitution saving throw. Saving throw? Sweet. I get plus two on saves. Fifteen. Is there any anything like conversation or otherwise between Ariel and Rem through Rem's watch? Well, I think because of how awkward the conversation was when she was trying to ask about the fishing, she's probably just going to keep writing in her journal because he didn't seem like he even wanted to talk to her, so... As the ship starts to wake up around you guys, Ariel finds that even though she's tired, she's not feeling physically exhausted. Seems that having gotten some extra sleep the day before and then not using much physical exertion throughout the day has helped conserve enough energy to keep her going through the night. I kind of feel like the in shock of everything kind of has her keeping awake too. Much like the day before, you guys feel the cabin that you're in start to warm up a little bit as the sun starts to hit it. And as we near about 7 a.m., more and more voices are heard on the ship. And everyone that's awake at 7, go ahead and roll a perception check. I imagine Kanina would be awakening. Yes, Kanina can go ahead and be starting to wake up around seven. That's a tough one. <laughs> Ariel. Eight. Kanina. Eight. Rem. Eleven. Rem is the only one that really notices that there is some louder talking going on outside. Not able to make out anything. Not even really able to make out an emotion behind it. It sounds like someone may be addressing multiple people at once. Hmm. Rem will open the porthole. Rem opens up the porthole to just hearing the tail end of, now please keep it down until they're all out of the cabin, okay? I, I mean, I... He's going to be listening still to see if anything else comes up. The sounds like half a dozen people or so disperse, start heading into other directions. You actually hear someone over on the direction of the other cabin start to climb up on top of the cabin. (laughs) There's a ladder over there because you guys have like a protected hallway. So the roof of the two cabins and that hallway makes sort of a viewing deck. So Rimmel kind of gather his stuff. He'll put out the lantern and then he'll head for the door and on his way out, he'll kind of swat Tempest's boot with his hand. Nah. Burning. Mm. And he'll go out into the hallway. All right, you get out into the hallway and you see one dwarf head walk to the front of the ship. You actually walk out as they are giving No Name a pat on the schnoz and you see two more dwarves heading down to below deck. And uh, you notice that though the ship is handling it well, It seems a little windier today. Since you guys kind of form a tunnel with where your cabin is, you just notice that you got a feel for the wind just from the ship's power yesterday. And today it feels a little bit different. Uh, Go ahead and roll me a d20. 15. The way that it kind of stands out is while yesterday you felt the wind coming just from the front of the ship as it is heading forward, Today, the wind seems to be kind of wrapping around and almost vortexing in the middle of this hallway. Rimmel head towards the deck. Which like part the, of the, the deck? The open area. It, like in the middle of the deck? Yeah. Okay. You make your way out to there. Uh, you see up above the back of the ship, 
where the smokestack is. You see Thorstag up there with another dwarf. And if you were to look over the cabin, you see a dwarf with a spyglass standing up top there. How's the weather look? The weather is still pretty nice out. It's still early sunrise. You're dealing with the, like, orange sky that's starting to transition to a light blue. Um, It looks like it's going to be pretty sunny today. Uh, A little more overcast than it was the day before. But it is definitely a little windier. However, the wind is in the boat's favor. Okay. Grim will just kind of, you know, wander out, keep out everybody's way for now. Every once in a while, a dwarf or uh, one of the humans on the ship walks by. It seems like while the ship is moving, a lot of what people are doing is sort of busy work. The guy that was helping you clean the fish yesterday and kind of walked you through how to do it goes over to one of the like cupboards on the deck and pulls out a uh, bucket with a rope on it and a mop and you see him throw the bucket overboard fill it up with water and pull it back onto the deck and he starts mopping up kind of as I said it seems that a lot of people just find menial things to do to keep things in shape because the main thing that they're all needed for is the loading and unloading of the boat and it's more expensive for Thorsteg to hire a new crew every time he gets to a port (laughs) than it is to just bring them around with him at least for the ones that you've seen up here and uh, Kanina had started to wake up. And I imagine that as Rem walks out, that's kind of like the thing that really perks Kanina up. And probably since you were already in the process of starting to wake up, you heard that thump as he slapped Tempest's boot. <laughs> and you notice that sitting down on the ground next to your bed, Ariel is still sitting there writing in her journal. Good morning, Nina. Good morning. How'd you sleep? I slept pretty well. Good. Everything went okay last night? It was nice and boring. That's good to hear. Well, you ready for some exercise? We didn't get to do any yesterday. I look around the room. We have enough room in here? <laughs> oh, of course. Where there's a will, there's a way. Uh, sure. All right. So Tempest is in bed, kind of rudely <laughs> thumped awake as Kanina gets up and gets Ariel up and they start doing some jumping jacks, some, jumping jacks and some and push-ups and some sit-ups. Making a lot of thump sounds. <laughs> no extra sleep for Tempest to fall back to. Tempest just rolls over and like pulls the blanket over her head. <laughs> really, guys? <laughs> I actually had a question for you, Nina. Since you know these um, people really well, uh, your friend in the kitchen. Oh, yeah, Ziggle? I, I, yeah. Um, I don't know if there would be extra or not, but if I gave them or somebody, if I gave somebody to give them uh, like 10 gold, do you think that they would give us maybe some of the lesser vegetables that they wouldn't want or if they had oats or something we we forgot to bring food for our horses oh yeah you're right and my carrots i only have a few carrots left and they're looking kind of you know flimsy (laughs) now yeah i suppose uh i didn't think about supplying feed for the animals before we went on the trip and it is going to be you know almost a week so yeah i'll, I'll check with the kitchen i'm sure we can arrange something get some scraps and whatnot uh some leftover vegetables and little bits and parts that horses don't mind eating but the semen may not be fond of yeah i know that you were going to stay with me today but maybe this morning you can head up there and then come back or something yeah sounds good 
Maybe while Tempest still wakes up. <laughs> Kanina, go ahead and roll a wisdom check. 17. You are sure that even though no one has thought about it since you guys have been on the boat, that there was still some feed left on your guys' cart. Yeah, so I guess she'll go ahead and um, after thinking it over a bit, she'll just be like, you know, it'd probably be a good idea if we just double check our, our belongings too. I know we stashed a bunch of stuff in the wagon. Perhaps, yeah, we. I'm pretty sure we still have some feed left over just tucked under one of those benches, you know? Okay, good. Um, I guess I was just really concerned because of all the what happened. I'm not sure any of us fed them yesterday. I'm pretty sure that the ship people aren't going to feed them, so... Well, yeah, I guess um, it is a bit unorthodox for them to transport, uh, I think, Yeah. <laughs> the wagon and some living animals. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I'm pretty sure it's our responsibility. But I'll, I'll still check with the kitchen to see if they have any extra scraps, just so maybe they can get something a little fresher here and there, other than the meal we have. I'm willing to pay, too. I have enough, I'm sure. Sure, yeah. When I see Ziggle next, I'll see if I can uh, <laughs> strike a bargain with her. Okay, cool. Thank you. With that, uh, we'll kind of finish up our exercise for the morning. All right. Is there anything that anyone would like to get done on the 8th of Mononon? Ariel. My horses get fed. Kanina. Uh, there is not. She'll just probably exercise a little bit more thoroughly today since she didn't do so yesterday. Rem. No. Tempest. I want to try and see if I can bring the horses closer to the door so that Ariel can say hi. Shortly after finishing up her exercise, Kanina goes to check the cart and does find that the like grain storage bin at the back of it still has some left. Uh, it looks like you have enough for about three more days to feed them well, at least. But your stores are running pretty low because you guys picked up this cart some like two weeks ago. And it was fully stocked then, but you guys haven't taken the time to stock it up since then. But there's enough food for you to kind of get the scoop that's in there, fill it up, and go bring some over to the two horses that eat fairly ravenously (laughs) of the feed that you've brought them. As you stated, it was a little stressful yesterday. A little more important things to think about. And I imagine horses like these who have to, you know, do long distance travel and whatnot are probably used to eating thin on some days and maybe some days not even eating at all if they get pushed too hard. So they're they're hardy, hardy horses. <laughs> at least we hope so. They are. We, we've, we've literally ran them almost into the ground before. <laughs> Outrunning knolls. <laughs> they're hardy horses. That's why you guys had issues with Malin. Yeah. We'll hopefully endeavor to give these horses some well-deserved rest and good feed when we get to Ribbon. (laughs) And I imagine that as Kanina went outside of the room, Tempest wouldn't have also left to leave Ariel completely alone in here. But after Kanina comes back from feeding the horses, Tempest goes out and the horses do have a lead that's long enough to loosen up and pull them closer, though they have been kept somewhat tight on their lead they've got about enough room that they can either nuzzle in like side by side and squeeze a little bit to fit inside of the hallway if the weather were to suddenly turn quite poor but generally they've been given enough room to sit kind of on either side pretty much one in front of each of the cabins 
and Tempest is able to pull Princess up. Ariel steps kind of almost into the hall and gives Princess a lovin' and another carrot and, you know, is talking to the horse. How, how are you? I hope you're doing good. And all of those things that horse lovers do. All those, all those things you say to your pet <laughs> when you love them. So with no one trying to get too much done today, one of the main events that does stand out is that in the mid-evening, uh, you guys have a nice platter of salmon brought up to you. Ziggle actually carries it up herself, knocks on your door, and presents you with a large cut of one of the salmon that Rem had caught yesterday. It's like a whole half of one of the fish filleted nicely and she hands it over to all of you. It's like, yeah, since, uh, since, uh, Rem caught it, I wanted to, I wanted to make sure that you guys, you guys got like the choiciest part of it. And, uh, it's, it's prepared with a nice herb blend that, uh, Kanina brought. Uh, oh. I had to cut it a little bit though, because as uh, I'm sure all of you are familiar with, Kanina likes things spicy, <laughs> really spicy, which normally when I'm trying to mask flavors on the ship is wonderful. But with how good this is, I wanted to cut it. So I also took a couple of the lemons that we got to help cut it with some 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 sour citrus flavor. And we've got a ton of salt. So I was able to also do a little bit of a salt rub with the spice. So I think that this is going to have been balanced out really well for you guys. Oh, that sounds delicious, Ziggle. Thanks for bringing us such a nice cut. I'm excited that you got to use some of my spices. Oh, and also because we don't have a whole lot and we weren't expecting this mashed potatoes <laughs> i love mashed potatoes and hands it over to you guys to have for dinner tonight sounds delicious on that note since i've helped out in the kitchen quite a bit and we have ziggle right here um do i know what we normally do with like kitchen scraps and whatnot do we just throw it overboard do we feed it to anything particular or do we do anything do we throw it into a stew uh, depending on what the leftovers are Yes, uh, sometimes they are <laughs> thrown into a, a stew. Like Ziggle would have a stock pot that is like kept on a low heat, but warm enough to make sure that bacteria doesn't start building into it and throws in a lot of the like, especially the leftover vegetables or things that have been trimmed off, get tossed into it. Any good cuts of meat get thrown into it. Occasionally, some of the people that like to uh, fish off of the boat will take some of the scraps and, you know, throw them on a line and throw them overboard. And anything that they don't feel is really worth reusing and no one's going to eat before it would go bad gets chucked and left for the birds. Since Ziggle's right here and we had talked about it previously, uh, Kenina will go ahead and speak up and just be like, uh, hey Ziggle, before you go, I wanted to yeah, check... Yeah, what can I do for you? I just wanted to check to see if we could uh, strike up a deal real quick. Uh, I know you have some uh, kitchen scraps here and there that get either, you know, tossed around for different purposes, but we kind of forgot to stock up on our horse feed. We only have enough to last another uh, couple days, maybe another half day after that. But uh, I, I just want to see if maybe we can negotiate for those last few days to get some of those extra kitchen scraps saved up for our horses. Ziggle looks over where the horses are. Uh, so I'm not going to have enough to like... Feed two full-grown draft horses. That would be like 
meal for the whole boat. But I can give you some scraps just so that you can mix it in with the feed you have so they got something at least that tastes better. Yeah, that'd work. Uh, yeah, we, we don't. We definitely don't expect you to supply our horses. That was just an oversight on our part, and we're willing to pay, of course. As you are ha- having the conversation, Ariel has got her coin purse out, and she's already walking up with ten gold to <laughs> hand over to oh, Ziggle. No, no, you don't have to pay. They're scraps. They're they're gonna get like tossed anyways. We already paid for them. It's it's fine. And she like puts her hand out, pushing <laughs> Ariel's hand down that has the gold in it. And she's like, it's fine. It's fine. Anything for Kanina's friends, especially since we've already paid for it all. And it's it's just going to either get thrown overboard or turned into soup anyways. Okay. I Okay. And she'll put it away. And- you know, just like give her a good clap along the shoulders, like almost like a half embrace and just be like, oh, you're, you're, you're the best, Sigil. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. And thank you. I hope the fish is good. That will settle down the dinner. And as long as none of you guys have an aversion to salmon, dinner's <laughs> amazing. If you have an aversion to salmon, the potatoes are a little bland. <laughs> is Rem sleeping through dinner? He's eating his fish quietly. And first of all, is Errol going to go to bed? Um, I would imagine that she's probably really tired and will probably not force herself to go to sleep, but she'll probably let sleep eventually take her just because she didn't sleep the night before. She's been up all day and in the morning she did the workout. So <laughs> she's probably, you know, like when you're sitting on the couch watching TV and you just kind of drift away. <laughs> okay. Uh, so what order would you guys be setting up to do your watches in tonight? Well, I guess Kanina will want to just be like, uh, I'm, I'm down to switch up the watch order if we want to change it up a bit. Anyone want to go first? I can go first tonight. And I guess, uh, Rem, do you want to take the next shift? Sure. So we'll have Kanina sleep a little bit longer tonight, and then tomorrow night we'll make sure Tempest gets... I slept in the latest. <laughs> <laughs> I was up the first. Kind of a night owl. They had a nice split of naps. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so as we transition into watches, uh, Rem and Kanina take the beds and go to sleep, each in their own bed, unless they'd wish to share one. No. (laughs) And Tempest finds somewhere to sit, just to be ready and listening. Go ahead and roll a perception check. 24. What does... Tempest do during her watches in this room? Try not to fall asleep. <laughs> um, I don't know. She doesn't do anything like journaling or drawing like Ariel does. Cat's so. cradle. I bet she would be just playing <laughs> with a piece of string, like doing the cat's cradle games by herself and practicing her knots. At some point, you know, you've been going back and forth between doing things to entertain your hands and your mind to keep you awake. And then probably every few minutes of doing this, you do a look around at the room and make sure nothing has changed. And after a couple hours, you realize that you don't know when it happened, but you look over across the room or you don't have you don't have dark vision. If I'm up by myself, I can cast dark vision at the beginning of my I mean, technically Ariel is up with you. Would you cast dark vision? You weren't actively trying to stay awake, though, so... No, I'm not actively trying to stay awake, but I'm started out awake, probably. I, I think 
that Tempest would have cast Dark Vision. Just in case I fell asleep. Yeah. At some point, and you don't really realize when it happened. It just stands out to you. Probably first what stands out is you're not hearing the sound of writing anymore or scribbling. (laughs) You're just hearing the sound of waves. I I lean over and look at Ariel. She's sitting there, face slumped forward like chin in her chest. I will put the cork in her ink pot. (laughs) Peek at what she's been writing about. (laughs) What has she been writing about? Does Tempest look at it? Yes, Tempest is going to not like, you know, intently read, but she's just (laughs) going to glance. One thing that you do see as you glance over at the notebook is that her writing started to get kind of sloppy and loose. (laughs) And suddenly, just from a point on the page, (laughs) is there's just like a line of ink that gets steadily (laughs) bigger as it falls off to the side of the page. And uh, there's a spot of ink on whatever clothes she's wearing. Are you going to read what she wrote? Yeah. Remember, she's only going to get the last, like, page, page and a half that you've written. Um, she had been noting the conversation between Nina and her regarding the dreams that we had and Doiton. If you had based what you knew on just our little conversations, you might have learned a little bit more. Because I don't know that we've stated everything. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, Tempest takes a look at Ariel's journal, sees a couple details that she may have not heard yet about the conversations that Kanina has had with Doiton that her and Ariel have talked about. And if you didn't already know, perhaps seeing a mention of the red dragon with Kanina on it, uh, burning down the monastery. That she also went to. And I don't know that she knew about that. Mm-hmm. And at that, what do you do? I, I don't think she would do anything right now. Just sort of... Just leave her like that. Yeah, Tempest is just gonna, you know, after she takes a peek at the journal, just like, oh, might bring that up later. And puts the, the stopper on her little ink bottle, you know, not wanting to startle her awake or anything. Let her sleep and you're starting to feel like you're getting to the end of what your watch time should be. Yeah. And uh, Rem, what's next? She'll just reach over with her foot and kind of nudge Rem. And Rem will open his eyes. Much as how he woke her up this morning. He'll wake up fairly easily. Your turn. All right. Get out of the bed. Tempest climbs into the bed. He'll hood the lantern this time before lighting it, but he'll light it so the room has a dim light. Go ahead and roll perception. 16. You notice as you're like hooding the lantern, doing a pan around, that Ariel is like leaned up against the wall of the cabin, chin down in her chest, arms kind of just lazily slumped out at the sides, journal laying open in her lap. He'll walk over and close the journal, set it off to the side, and then he'll do the parent thing and scoop her up behind the knees and everything, pick her up, carry her over to the bed with Nina in it, slide her in next to Nina. As you pick her up, you notice that she is still, in fact, breathing. Well, that's good. 
<laughs> but then he'll uh, he'll do a quick check around the room, make sure nothing's out of place or anything, and then he'll kind of sit out and just watch quietly. Tempest. Yes. Roll me a Constitution saving throw. Oh shit! Time for nightmares. <laughs> Fifteen. As you lay down in bed, ready to go to sleep. The uh, gentle rocking of the bed starts to lull you into sleep. And as sleep takes over, you kind of dream starting with a gentle rock. And the rocking gets deeper and deeper. And suddenly Tempest finds herself rolling and lifted and pulled out of the water. And somewhat thrown onto the deck of a ship. A wooden ship. She's coughing up water and you can feel that this ship is rocking kind of as if it is in a storm. Go ahead and roll perception. 25. Through the din of voices you know you're hearing stacked one on top of each other over a half dozen people Who are they? Where did they come from? How did they get out here? A voice cuts through the rest of them, and you just hear, Tempest? What are you doing out here? Is it Seeks? You look up and see Captain Seeks, but not found, standing no more than three feet away from you, eyes wide looking down at you. She's wearing a regal dark blue petticoat with a large brimmed matching hat with a large red feather sticking out of the side of it. What? Where? What's the matter? Cat got your tongue? Is, well, am I back on your ship? How, what? Yes. Now, what are you doing out in the misty sea? In the water, no less. I don't know. Did you come out and seek treasure on your own? Tossed overboard? No, the last thing I remember, I was going to sleep on the iron cask. The iron, the iron cask is out here? It, it shouldn't be. And as you kind of look up at her, I imagine you would be trying to get up to your knees and up to your feet. Yeah, and she's going to pinch herself. Are, are you? Why are you pinching yourself? Because I'm trying to wake up. You look around you and notice that within five to ten feet off any direction off the sides of the ship is a thick, heavy, white fog. Wait, we're in the mists? Yes, I got a good lead. I'm uh, making my way out. I I gotta... I gotta get back. I don't... I can't just leave them. Like, I don't know what's going on. Go ahead and roll an athletics check. Oh, no. Twelve. The ship is rocking back and forth, 
not quite getting up to like a 45 degree angle, but the sea is definitely angrier here than what you've been encountering on the iron cast. And um, you kind of lean to one side, having been so used to the smooth ride of the iron cast and stumble a little bit, but Seeks quickly throws out a hand and catches you and holds you firm as you see her stance kind of widen and dig into the ground. It's like, I, I got a lead uh, a, a couple weeks ago. Uh, a woman, uh, she said that she'd been out to the Misty Sea and she knew how to plot a course back. So I spent some time with her. I come up with a map and uh, out from out from Thumeria and we've, we've made it, but we've had to go slow. And then things suddenly got rough and we saw something in the water and we we looked and it looked like a person and we pulled out you. Tempest is just gonna find the closest wall or railing or barrel and sort of sink down into a seated position. Go ahead and roll an athletics check. That's even worse. Five. Tempest turns, kind of pulling herself out from Seeks' grasp and looks for something more solid to brace herself up against and starts walking towards a barrel that she sees nearby. But the rocking of the boat kind of goes to the same side that she's walking and she stumbles and you find yourself tumbling over the railing of the ship and crashing back into the water. Shit. You take eight points of bludgeoning damage as you crash and hit the waves below and you wake up. Am I still damaged when I wake up? Roll perception. 16. You feel sore, but you don't feel physically hurt. Roll a constitution saving throw with disadvantage. Oh, jeez. 11. Kind of the last thing that Tempest heard as she went overboard and came awake was Seeks crying out her name. Rem, roll a perception check. 16. How does Tempest wake up? Do you think it's kind of a dead still, just eyes jolting awake? Or do you think that, like, you would start moving around, checking your surroundings? Uh, I definitely think that she would, like, sort of bolt upright, sitting, big gasp. Sort of like when you fall in a dream and you wake (gasps) So Rem sees this happen. But she's not, like, flailing. Just sits up, sort of braces herself. He'll look over and be like, you okay? I just had a very vivid dream. All right. You going to be able to fall back asleep? I don't think so. I feel very awake now. Mm. I can take over for your watch if you want to get some more rest. No, I'm okay. We'll just wait. Tempest will just hug her knees, sit on the bed, get her breathing to go back to normal, lower her heart rate. Probably about an hour after this happens, Rem kind of gets the sense that the time of his watch is up. He'll walk over and gently tap Nina 
but not try to shake her too bad since she's cuddling with Ariel. Yeah. <laughs> Nina will awaken and be a little surprised to see uh, Ariel next to her and figure that she must have curled up at some point. She just didn't notice. <laughs> and uh, she'll try to carefully pry herself away from Ariel, not shake the bed too much as she's rolling out of it. We'll nod at her and then kind of nod at Tempest as well. And he'll be somewhat surprised to see Tempest and kind of inquisitively look between the two. And then he'll just move over and lean against the wall and close his eyes. Do I notice anything about Tempest? She's just sitting there, sort of staring off into the distance. Like if the door is cracked, probably staring out there. She'll she'll quietly walk over to you um, and she'll just be like, Is everything all right? Uh, were you not able to fall asleep? I just had a weird dream and uh, sort of one of those ones where you wake up and your adrenaline's rushing, so... Mm, I see. Yeah, I've, I've definitely had some of those before. Mm. You sure you don't want to get some more sleep? I don't think that's going to happen tonight. Well, mm. kind of nod understandingly, and she'll park herself somewhat near you, giving you your space, but near if you need someone to console you or offer some solidarity companionship. And with that, she will keep watch. All right, go ahead and uh, roll me a perception check. Thirteen. A couple hours of your watch go by, and you start to hear just a faint, like, pittering against the outside wall in the ceiling of your guys' room. Sound like rain? As you kind of take note of it and focus your attention on it, it sounds like it's starting to pick up a gentle drizzle. Mm. She'll note that. She'll be a little concerned about a potential storm or whatnot or rough weathers because even just a little rain, a little wind can make things a little slower for travel. But she has faith in the iron cask. Plow its way through this open seas. (laughs) And the rest of your few hours goes by. The sound of rain has stayed constant. It doesn't seem to be getting into a heavy rain. Just a, a light rain. Enough to hear it, but somewhat misty. And kind of as the end of your watch would come up with everyone else still asleep, I think that is going to be a good time for us to wrap up tonight with you guys being now at the morning of the 9th of Mononon, right before everyone else wakes up for the day. And you guys are about halfway through the journey, it seems. Um, you, it? It's about, about 6, between 6 and 7 a.m., uh, depending on how well the course is going and if the rain slows you down at all, you are two to three days away from Riven. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Adventures in Aurelia. You can help the show out a ton if you tell others about us by sharing the episodes on social media. You can get in touch with us by joining our Discord server at adventuresinarelia.com discord where you can chat with the cast and our friends not only about the show, but about video games, Dungeons & Dragons, and other geeky things. Lastly, we'd like to thank artists who allow us to use their music on the show. Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, Tabletop Audio, Windswept, Sirenscape, Alexander Nakarada from Serpent Sound Studios, Adrian Von Ziegler, Scott Buckley, Michael Gelfie, and Alec Wiesner.